1: Hello and welcome to this week's Must Hear Music podcast. I'm sitting here with Aaron Strecker. Hi. Yep, that's where you say hi. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. And Chris Payne. Hi. Good one. All right, thanks. Uh, So today we're gonna start. We're gonna start with a little little country music, something we don't hit on a ton on this podcast. But last night were the CMAs. Which, as far as I am aware of, stands for Country Music Awards. Did I get that? Am I good so far
2: with country? I believe it's the country, country Music Expert. Association Awards. Yeah. Oh crap! Was, oh, otherwise, I the A totally is dumbed redundant. That up.
3: It would be Country Music Awards
1: Awards. That's a good point. All right. Damn, I couldn't even get that right. But you
2: weren't. You, the good thing is you weren't pretending to know. That's true. You that owned true. that. You are not a big country music fan, so it's, um, everything's okay. Own
3: it.
1: And also by the time I just realized, uh, so we said last night, but by the time you're listening, this would be a couple of days old. So anyways, the CMAs were last some other night that happened before you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we all watched it in the office. We had a wonderful time. We had pizza and drinks, and we were just laughing and slapping our knees and enjoying the music the whole time. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to talk about some of that stuff. From, is that is that accurate? Is that what happened?
2: No, so I'm wondering why we're we're presenting it as fact like that. But the, I'll say the Country Music Association Awards are the number one country music. Like there's like feels like there's 25 country music award shows every year, and this is the number one one. However, it is a little bit disappointing in it, as someone who enjoys the spontaneity of an award show, even if it's scripted for some people the fact that there that everything was kind of exactly how you expected with no surprises was good but from watching a television program perspective it was boring sorry
1: the performances were good. I actually thought it was
2: kind of fun. Okay, you know what? Then, then, then who am I to say anything, Joe? If you were speaking from the heart when you said that we all had a great time watching it, that is a beautiful I mean, assignment. I was
1: lying, because we didn't. We were in the office till like, midnight, and everyone just wanted to leave. Okay, that's what I thought.
2: Good. Yeah. It wasn't just me.
1: Um, No, I 100% just wanted to go home. But nevertheless, it was an amusing award show.
2: Justin Timberlake, still incredible.
1: Yeah, that's that's anyway. So that's what... And also, this is another thing we usually don't do. We usually don't do live versions of songs, but... Um, I do want to highlight a live version for one of my picks this week. Uh, Justin Timberlake and Chris Stapleton did two duets uh, on each other's materials. They started out with Tennessee Whiskey, which is a Chris Stapleton song from his album Traveler, and then moved on to Drink You Away, which is a Justin Timberlake song from the 2020 Experience Part 2. And it was, I mean, without a doubt, the highlight of the show and just one of the best award show performances of the year— um, Not being a big country guy, like, I'll admit, I, I know Chris Stapleton solely through Elias, who has been on this podcast before, and he's one of those uh, artists that Elias is always like, man, even if you don't like country, you gotta listen to this guy. <laughs> and I'm like, I will, I will, and then I never do. So, but Elias was 100% right, because this guy, like, he sounds like the real deal. Like, I'm not, like, into the kind of polished... Like bro country thing, but like this is like pretty gravelly, like pretty raw, like country stuff.
3: He has a long beard, is what we're trying to say here. Basically,
1: <laughs> yeah, he looks the part. He's not a pretty boy, you know? Well, maybe he is under the beard, you know? We just don't know. But he looks like he's got the easy top beard. And you know, he looks like um some guy you would find just kinda like face down in the back of a pub and you would like what? lift him up for a second and be like, Yo do you I want to show sal- a saloon. A Male saloon. vocalist saloon, of right. the
2: year. This man.
1: Yeah. Um anyways, yeah, so so yeah, but he won like a ton of awards. He got Male Vocalist of the Year, album of the year, best new artist, um and sounded really good live, or at least, you know, as live as the... T- it sounded like a totally live. It didn't sound like they were singing yeah, backing Yeah, I was singing
3: that too because I was very disappointed by Fall Out Boy's collaboration with Thomas Rep because as much as I like both of those artists, especially Fall Out Boy, it was, like, painfully apparent that the members of Fall Out Boy were just sort of, like, basically air-strumming guitars. This The sound that you heard barely even matched the strumming that they were doing. They were... Probably lip syncing or mostly lips. It was it was cheesy. It was it looked like. I mean, they maybe they had to throw it together at the last minute or whatever. Who knows? But yeah, the the, uh, the one you're talking about, Joe, the uh, the Chris Stapleton and Justin performance, they were just belting. They were belting. They up really
1: there. were. They were almost like scatting back and forth at the very end. They were into it. They were like into just like trading like vocal growls and. Timberlake was, like, really, like, he doesn't do the, like, vocal runs a lot because he's not really that kind of singer, but he sounded really good.
2: And Timberlake's charisma is just, like, bar bar none for anyone. So it was fun to watch him, like, really know, like, oh, this one's really landing. Like, halfway through, you could tell, like, in his eyes and he kind of turns it up and he starts doing the Timberlake falsetto stuff. That part was fun (laughs) to watch. And then I also really liked how all of the country music stars all turned into, like, fangirls immediately. Like, as soon as that performance started really getting going, like, everyone had their phone out. Um, what's her name from Lady Annabella? Um, was, like, mouthing along and, like, looking around, like, is this real life? I don't know. It, was really, it added an extra layer of, like, fun to watching it the first time.
1: Well, it probably was more exciting for them because, you know, I've, I've had to watch these award shows for a few years, and, like, it's always the same people. Like, so even <laughs> if you are a country, like star like you've seen little big town perform every year for like six years you've seen dirks bentley every year so like this is the this is someone who is like is a major star and who isn't there every year at every award show so it probably was like oh wow there's someone i didn't see a hundred times for the last two years
2: plus no matter who you are random person from iowa or country superstar it is fun to see justin to really perform
1: yeah he is really good um but yeah, and it's not all that crazy, you know, for those who don't know, like Timberlake grew up or was born in Memphis, um, and the song he sang, Drink You Away, from the second 2020 album, like, it is a country song, basically. Like, you even listen to the studio version, and you're like, oh, this is a little honky tonk. Um, a lot of people, I think, missed it, because it's buried at the end of 2020 Part 2, and at that point, a lot of people were just kind of...
3: Kind <laughs> a lot of people didn't even want it.
1: 2020 Part 2. Yeah, that, that definitely was, like, an overload. With that one.
2: I'm curious to see, like, I know that album's kind of done at this point. Like, if there's any kind of sales spike on that song of people realizing, like, I'm a pretty moderate Justin Timberlake fan, and I didn't recall much of 2020 Part 2. And then I was listening to that song, like, the studio version today, and I was like, oh, this is really good. Like, I, I do like this. So I'm, I'm curious if enough people decide to, like, buy it as a song, and there's kind of a resurgence.
1: Probably. I mean, and Chris Stapleton definitely is, is getting a big um boost from this. You know, he went from being someone that I think... Was getting a lot of like positive reviews and notices to with this uh award show like i think he really is becoming like a popular country singer in the like country mainstream as it were um which is cool so he might be like an actual superstar now and maybe that um i'm just kind of taking this off from what people who actually listen to country music have said but maybe this signals like um you know, a shift kind of away from the more pretty boy uh, bro country stars to the kind of grittier, like bearded men singing country music, authentic sort of thing. storytelling, quote and I unquote think authentic, word. different yeah. kind of
3: bro. It's yeah. Um, in all seriousness, seriousness though, um, and our, our uh, Billboard writer Ray Waddell, who covers touring in a lot of country, was echoing this, uh, speaking in our meeting today that. It's it turned a lot of heads the fact that Sableton won this award and what you were saying, Joe, about the same people there every year. I think this him being chosen to win these big awards is making lots of people outside pay attention as opposed to if Luke Bryan or Sam Hunt was just getting these awards.
1: Right. No, that's really true. Um, anyways, though, let's listen to some of it. So you can look up the whole thing on YouTube, but we'll listen to a little bit of it now. So it's Justin Timberlake and Chris Stapleton uh, singing... Let's do a little bit of, oh, which one are we going to do? So they did Tennessee Whiskey and Drink You Away. Let's do a little bit of them singing Drink You Away. So let's cut to that.
0: Drink you away. I tried, I
3: tried, trim. I, tried all I came. Drink
1: you away. All right, that was JT and CS. CS no. Is, okay, no, that's not going to stick.
2: Absolutely not. Damn it.
1: Um, all right, let's, and you know, since we're talking country, we're chatting country, let's just, let's keep it rolling. Move on to Mr. Eric Church. This is a Chris Payne pick. Take
3: us to church. <laughs> uh,
1: no, but do you want to talk about, oh, so yes, yeah, so this is this is cool. This, like, song has a backstory, a pretty weird, um, really outlandish release method that I think you should tell people about.
3: Yeah, so Eric Church played the CMAs, but the day before that, he sent out a surprise album to members of his fan club, and just physical CDs in the mail, nothing on the internet, no Apple streaming, no zip file, none of that, just old-fashioned, old-school, the album in the mail, and even some people were uploading the album, ripping it to YouTube, they were getting taken down. Uh, 24 hours later, the album actually did pop up officially. It's an, like a, an Apple exclusive download uh, Stream whatever but this is the lead single. This one is out there for everybody It's called Mr. Misunderstood and it's the song that he played at the CMAs and I really really enjoy this track it's a uh, It's a country rocker as you'd expect from church. Uh, I think for a lot of people it'll hit close to home because it's about church feeling kind of misunderstood hence the title, when he was younger. And then he picks up a guitar, he learns to play, and through music, he, he finds himself. And it's, it's an a interesting tale of, of church that I think a lot of people could relate to.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code listen to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code listen at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code listen.
1: Yeah, I mean it's I I just I'm so like almost enchanted by the fact that he released was managed to produce physical copies of an album and send them out to people, and, like, no one on the internet or in, like, kind of the wider world, like, got wind of it. The World Wide Web. The the World Wide Web, if you will. (laughs) till like, a full day afterwards. It speaks to this, like, very strange reality that we've gotten to where, like, a surprise album... If, like, it's almost like if it doesn't happen online, like it doesn't happen. So like, he did like a physical copy release, and people were like, "Wait, that can't be real, because it's not. It's not on iTunes. It's not on Spotify." And like it was almost like 24 hours of disbelief before people were like, "Oh, there is a new album, and it is a real album."
2: I also just think it's so interesting, like how segmented audiences are, because beyonce could never do that like if if beyonce sent out a cd to her fan club even if she was able to pull off everything about like a secret production and no one knew that the second that those fans got it it would immediately be online and the the twitter conversations would it would just dominate the entire cultural conversation and i think it's really interesting that eric church who's this big star and has tons of fans what are they called chris this fan club
1: churchgoers I
2: think like
3: guy you put me on the spot. I uh, I wrote it in my story. Is it church choir? Church choir.
2: Yeah, That
1: was tri- what you said. Okay, okay, I read it, it in that. your story for it's the first church, time, and it just cracked choir, me up. Anyway, the so the church choir, choir gets
2: yeah. these gets these CDs, and then because they the audience for that is so separate from the people who like you know write hot takes online. I, I, yeah, I'm with Joe. It's just really fascinating to me that this song and this whole album was able to stay undercover even for a brief little while. Uh, speaking of the performance specifically, I'm not super familiar with Eric Church's work. When it comes to country music, I'm really more into like Casey Musgraves, Carrie Underwood, and some of the solo female stars. Um, but I thought the performance was catchy and I really liked the guitar riffs.
1: Yeah, well, the other thing I wanted to say about this, this one is um, I, I hadn't, you know, because it just came out via physical copies and I am not a member of the church choir, So I wasn't familiar with it when I heard it on the CMAs, but I immediately noticed the the hook. So the hook is Mr. Misunderstood, and it really reminded me of uh, this Wilco song called Misunderstood uh, from the album Being There, which is a very country-leaning Wilco album. And I think it's actually intentional, because Church, in the lyrics to Mr. Misunderstood, shouts out Jeff Tweedy, the lead singer of Wilco. So my guess is that, like, he intentionally kind of built this song, the title track of his album, around a Wilco melody, which cut from 94. So kind of interesting. I would say if anyone is unfamiliar, check out the song, Wilco Misunderstood. I'm not a current-day Wilco fan, per se, but back in the day, I think they were a really fantastic group. Um, not, like, slurring them right now. I'm just saying I'm not an enormous fan of what they're up to these days please don't be listening jeff tweedy i'm so sorry <laughs> um do you, do you have anything to add about mr church
3: it has a killer outro that song too Yeah. some, wo- some woes
1: <laughs> I, I thought the outro really rocked pretty hard
3: yeah it's all about the, it's my that's my favorite part of the song the outro
1: mhm nice uh so yeah if you listen to it stick around for the end let's listen to some of it right now so eric church mr misunderstood they'll the all Mr.
3: Misunderstood Mr. Misunderstood First time I met Alabama I was skinny as a red
1: Alright, that was Eric Church. Let's move on to some of our usual fare. I almost feel like I can relax now. I'm like, whew, we got through the country. I don't think that was too embarrassing. I don't think we sounded too fish out of Speak water. Speak for
2: yourself.
1: Um... <laughs> So Gwen Stefani, new song, Used to Love You, uh, this is her first, oh, I should have looked up the exact stats, basically she hit the Hot 100 with this, and this I think week. it's been a while since she's been in the it's Hot It's
3: been a minute, because she, I haven't seen any of her solo, other solo singles in there lately, and she reformed No Doubt a few years ago, right, and none of that was popping off, so.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, the last two that came out last year... Uh, One was, like, a
2: MasterCard commercial ...start the time. fire,
1: which was tied to... Yeah, anyways, neither of them were that great. It, did, it
3: didn't start the fire. And it did
1: not start the fire. Uh, and it had nothing to do with the Billy Joel song, <laughs> which was probably the problem, the reason it didn't start the fire. But anyway, so it's... Uh, you know, this is the first post-divorce Gwen song, timing-wise, like... Who knows, like, was it recorded before the divorce? After, Like, we don't really know. But it's definitely being kind of, like, sold as that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we don't know writing or timing-wise, but that music video that came out, like, a month ago is definitely meant to be interpreted as post-divorce. It's very intimate, and it's just kind of, like, her to the camera. There's very few takes. It's just a close-up of her sad face singing to the camera about this traumatic breakup that she's gone through. Um, so I think it really reminded fans who've loved Gwen for twenty years, like what they loved about her. obviously, especially the past decade, as you said, like the no doubt stuff, the the reunion kind of failed to take off in her last couple solos. Things weren't the the two giant pop albums there were ten years ago. People like her on the voice, but she really kind of needed a hit to remind people of her music, her of her incredible musical abilities. And I think this ballad is just it's it's aching and hurtful and powerful and I think it shows off all the best stuff about her because I feel like if you're a Gwen Stefani fan her breakup music is probably the thing that you like the most I'm thinking of like don't speak but then I'm also thinking of like the entirety of Tragic Kingdom and just for so many years in the 90s that's what she was was she's the girl that you listen to when things weren't going well in your relationships and so while I'm sorry that that is happening to her again in her life I'm excited for what that means music-wise for her
1: you were just reveling in her pain no she's happy
2: she's she's dating
3: Blake officially don't per her representative
2: absolutely she is per her representative dating Blake Shelton (laughs) that is something that I'm ignoring and I'm really sad that you brought it up because I refuse to accept that for a lot of reasons mostly because if her marriage had to end I want one good breakup album stay in that headspace (laughs) stay in that headspace stay in that headspace Gwen regardless of what's going on with you and your fellow voice coach used to love you is a very promising Look into what could be an incredible album, and I don't want anything screwing that up for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I hope she got the message. Uh, no happiness <laughs> until that album is done. Correct. Please.
2: So those are my thoughts.
1: Uh, what, what do you think of it, Chris?
3: Yeah, it's a tight song. I, I, I enjoyed that one. <laughs>
2: nice.
1: If,
3: yeah, if I, I, yeah, like I enjoyed her, her vocals. I enjoyed the song. It was catchy. It was well produced. It was good.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the production. I think it works b- so well because. Um, Unlike the ones that came out last year, which were like Pharrell, kind of like trying to revive the Hollaback Girl thing, which you know, like I loved it. Like Hollaback Girl is one of my favorite songs, without a doubt. But you know, to do kind of like a light or like a C plus version of that is just something that no one needs. And this kind of returns her to a really comfortable place, which is this kind of like wistful, innocent, almost innocent sounding like synth ballad. Um, very retro leaning And uh, it reminds me of the song from I think of her second solo album Cool Which is one of my A very underrated Gwen song It's very good It's about uh, Her being kind of like Sort of sad But also like Acknowledging that Oh here's this ex And you know We broke up And it was terrible But now we're actually Just like normal good friends um, But just kind of this like Sweet sad song About how like Time changes things And Yada yada yada, but um, this reminds me a little bit of that. Although this is a lot harder, you know, this is the lyrics of this are are a bit more harsh, I would say. But the sound is pretty similar to that. So yeah, but I agree with you. I'm hoping we get um, a solid album out of this. So, I mean, I would even I'll settle for something as good as the the Sweet Escape. I didn't think that was a lot of people hated on that, but I, I like the sweet. It had it had its moments. Had some good stuff. Um, all right, well let's listen to it. So Gwen Stefani song is Used to Love You. And uh here it is. Oh oh, oh
3: oh I used to love you. Oh oh oh
2: oh I used to love
3: you. You thought there were no boundaries, but you just pushed me
0: too far.
1: Alright, that's the new Gwen. Uh as Erin mentioned, you know, we're all Hoping for her to just stay really unhappy.
2: Um, t- I believe that was paraphrased. I love you, Gwen. I will always love you. I'm just excited for a return to 90s Gwen. But I, she can keep her hair how it is now. It doesn't need to go back to the pink braids.
1: Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so, okay. So next up, one of my picks, Bieber. Justin Bieber, that is. Just to clarify which one we're talking about. Uh, so... So yeah, so Bieber is this week's Billboard cover star, and usually we usually don't try to pimp that too much on the Must Hear Music podcast, but this time I am going to go ahead and say it's an awesome cover story, like very well written, very interesting. There are some really funny bits in there, maybe not always intentionally funny from Mr. Bieber's mouth, uh, but you know, it's also, he comes across as like really sweet and young and... Pretty earnest. He's uh, going
3: all in on the because he didn't always. maybe maybe was a fake earnest before, and also he was a teenager, a kid. But he's all in on the earnestness now. All yeah. in.
2: He definitely wants that to be the adjective people use to describe oh, yeah.
3: him. And, and we're we're going, we're doing it. We're, doing, we're doing it,
1: it man. Uh, no, but it's a really awesome story. There's a lot of funny stuff in there, and interesting stuff too. Uh, but yeah, so he's the cover star, and he's also got. Uh, I think this is the fourth one from his new album. I'll show you is what it's called and this is I'm gonna just before I start I'm gonna say I like this song a lot however it's definitely the like least arresting thing we've heard from the new album like this is not something that I'm expecting to like make a huge impact on the pop charts I don't think he is I think this is probably more of an album track which is probably a smart choice to drop at this point because he's already kind of uh, pushing you know what do you mean is I think still number two on the charts Sorry. Sorry is somewhere in the top, top five, five. Yeah. Um, so he's already got two singles in the top ten. like it's it's almost biting off two more than you can chew to like have three singles you're pushing real hard. Um, so to kind of, this is really more just like an extra taste of the album. And I think if this is what we can expect from the non-single album tracks, I think we are like looking at a very good album for purpose because I love the singles. And, like, if this is what the non, like, radio songs sound like, like, this is still awesome. Like, this is a great song. The electronic, like, bloops in the background have kind of an interesting up-and-down pattern going on. It's just, like, all the things we've heard so far from him, like, he's teaming up with really forward-thinking EDM producers and producing just, like, weird noises with his very—I'm going to use the word again—earnest pop lyrics— and, uh, and this one, you know, the lyrics, I think, to this might grate on some people. He's kind of talking about how, like, his life is a movie to some people, but it's his real life. Um, and that's not a grating part, but it is a lot of kind of, like, forgive me, stop judging me. And of course, the second he says that, a lot of people will start to judge him. But, you know, it's nevertheless a good point. It's like him being like, hey, you know, this this thing that you're all judging is something I have to live with every day.
2: Heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> is, nice. that, is that a thing that people say still?
1: That is a thing that teens definitely say a lot. Cool, awesome. Uh, they hashtag that constantly. Um, but anyways, I've I've gabbed long enough about Justin.
3: Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to I, use the I, word gab.
2: I, was, I thought you were just
3: setting up a totally pun there, antiquated. but instead... Like the teens always gabbing on, yeah. the, on the social meds. Exactly. Oh no,
2: okay. Well, ignoring everything that just happened... Um, <laughs> nope, just a giant step over all that. Um, I'm kind of with you, Joe. I feel the same way. Where like it's it's a it's a fine song. It's a good song. I don't know that it's particularly memorable. It, uh, we've we said this about one of the One Direction songs a couple weeks ago, where it's like it's fine while you're listening to it, but as soon as it's over, I don't know that anything was stuck in my head. I think after a couple more listens, some of the EDM stuff probably will be. I like th- that whole direction that he's going. Um, I think the first two, sorry, and what do you mean, are stronger but kind of I'm just basically echoing what you said but if this is just like a random song on the album I'm excited to hear all of purpose and he's been really pushing all of it recently with the like this is the album for the fans this is all the stuff so I'm excited to see what the full album of EDM influences sounds like from him
3: yeah Aaron, I I listened to this song three or four times at my desk before this podcast and now I don't really remember what it sounded like either but I enjoyed it I enjoyed the track I enjoyed the production I remember thinking actually that it was like maybe at first i was like this could maybe be on par with sorry i like what do you mean the most out of the singles he's flashed so far but perhaps at least within the past four hours circa it hasn't was to the test of time for me <laughs> but as you were saying joe i'm very interested in the idea of the beaver album like being a really good album all the way through that would be pretty fucking cool because i was not expecting that
2: right like beaver's never
1: been an album's oh artist. hell no <laughs> God. No, <laughs> guys. Believe was a pretty good album. I'm not gonna say <laughs> every song was good, but it was a strong album. The, the, the
3: Christmas <laughs> album. The.
2: But I'm saying that was never even. I'm sure if you if you sat down in a room with him at that point and asked him what the priorities were, I'm sure not even he would say like making a strong album, start to finish. Like.
3: Yeah, you're probably right.
2: Like he, I'm sure he wanted radio hits, and he wanted all the other things that go along all with that. All for the that. fans.
3: Whatever all. the fans want. No, you're,
1: you you guys are right though. This seems like it's more really gearing up to be an album album
3: cuz he knows that will get like that respect that eluded him before.
2: Totally. Do we feel like this is kind of been an uh, online conversation on Twitter but like if this album's good like the last music critics and like the general public seem to agree like the last couple sing, like what do you mean and sorry are like really good songs. Do you think that he can get that level of risk? like will the Grammys pay attention? Or is there still something that he has to overcome Grammys being are tough who they are? Music
3: writer Twitter loves him now, right. but the Grammys and that are not one and the same, as evidenced by the reaction to Beck winning last year. So I feel like no, for now no, the Grammys. But I mean, well actually, it wouldn't be for this year even. It would be for next So Who knows? I like If it was for this year, I would say definitely no. But now that I think about it, that it would be like next, next February 2017, those awards... What can happen between now and then? Who knows?
1: Yeah, but he'll be going up against Adele, which means if a Grammy voter is picking Adele yeah, dollar yeah. Bieber, <laughs> yeah, forget that. Um, yeah, no, I think Chris is totally right. I think the music writers and the blogosphere are, like, really warming up to him. Yeah, I don't know. Even if people, like, don't buy the, like, image rehab or if they still don't like him, like, people are totally digging the music. Because uh, it's awesome. It's so, like, I love Sorry. I, I It's in my head all day. But I agree with what you said, C-Pain. It's like that's totally different from Grammys, and can he, like, win them back over? Because didn't also, like, he... Didn't get invited to play one year and then he kind of was like subtweeting them. Yeah, he and was I'm a real sure spoiled sport about off. it. Yeah, oh
3: yeah, oh yeah. And he because he, he tried to organize his whole like rival internet live video campaign that yes. same day and he bit off way more than he can chew. It short circuited, like barely streamed, it didn't work. And he just like was looked like a joke that night.
2: But he was a teen and people grow up so. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm just, uh, that's the part that it kind of is in my brain long term. Is like, what does this all mean down the road for him in terms of, like, legitimacy?
1: Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, and we will answer it, I don't know, 10 years from now. All right. Perfect. So let's circle back to that. I'll put it on my calendar. All right. Let's listen to it now. So it's uh, Justin Bieber. A new song is called I'll Show You. Don't
3: forget that I'm human. Don't forget that I'm real. Mm-hmm. Act like you know me. But you never will. But there's one thing that I know for sure I'll show you All
1: right, that's the new JB. Next up, this is C-Pain Pick, Blood Orange. The song is called Sandra's Smile.
3: Yeah, I love this song. This song is, I really, really enjoyed uh, Dev Hines' last album, as blood orange those fantastic I've had a few weeks to sit on this new track Send Just Smile and I think I like it more than any song on that album which is a lot um yeah wondering what you guys think about it because it's it's a beautiful song and also I like if you really dig into it there's a lot of really heavy imagery in there because like Dev his career is really intertwined with the Black Lives Matter movement the track is a reference to Trayvon Martin's mother saying she still hasn't forgiven george zimmerman that's what's driving the song that and just like the movement in general but then again if you just close your eyes and listen to it it puts me in the state of mind of listening to like a chill track on thriller which is probably like what dev would probably love to hear that because you can tell it's probably what he's going for yeah it kind of has like that human nature vibe to it
1: I'm looking at you, Erin. What do you think of it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I was—I listened to it for the first time when you sent it over as your pick, and I hadn't heard it before, and I really didn't know what to expect. And it's—it's it's haunting and it's memorable, and I mean, it wrestles with um, a lot of a lot of really important concepts. But it's not just that. And I sometimes feel sometimes when you're trying to make like a quote-unquote important song, it, it, it has a good message, but it's not necessarily a great song. And I feel like, like you said, like this straddles that line between dealing with important, heavy things, and then also being something that you want to listen to. Um, that stays with you.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, if there was no, like, political bend to this, it would still be a beautiful song that you would want to listen to. Um, And I think you're right, Chris. There probably is that element that he, like, wants it to be a little sly. Like, you maybe don't realize the Mm -hmm. kind of uh, political thing built into it until after, like, you've been already beguiled by the sound. And it's really good and really beautiful, and he's so good at what he does. Um, And I'm going to do another... Uh, like what I was saying with the Eric Church sounds like Wilco this I'm gonna do another everything sounds like everything else moment. Yeah, um, not in a bad way at all but this song really reminds me of and a lot of blood orange does but um, This guy from the 80s called scritty plitty pretty sure that's not his real name I can't remember what his real name was but similar to Dev Hines. He kind of started out um, in an underground rock scene that being like post-punk and then eventually moved into kind of an r&b pop mix which uh he was so good at and had a couple chart hits and then for some reason kind of was forgot like he just one of those like i would say had one great 80s album and just doesn't seem to be remembered that much these days but the album is called cupid and, cupid and psyche 85 um and there's a wonderful song called Would bees spelled b-e-e-z uh, that I would recommend highly, but yeah. So it's just uh, what basically the point is. This reminds me a lot of this guy Scritti Plitti from the '80s. If you have a moment, uh, check him out because it's totally legit and very reminiscent of what uh, Blood Orange does.
3: In the sense that it's like intertwined with social movements.
1: Oh no, nothing to do with the social movements. Just that like it's this very lush, uh, seamless mix of, I guess, then contemporary pop and R and B. Mm. And like, it, I mean, also Blood Orange sounds a little '80s-ish, so oh, yeah, it, totally. it really sounds like you know, in a sense, they could have been contemporaries. Um, again, not no like ripping off sense, just like you would not. They really seem like, like I said, like they could be peers at the same time, but they're separated by about 30 years. So, anyways, but yeah, Blood Orange song, this is beautiful. I hope he has a new album soon. You know, it's been two years, I think. Yeah, this is just
3: a one-off single. It wasn't actually attached to any kind of album campaign or anything. And there was actually a one-off single previously, I think it was this year, that was about similar topics, but was more of just like a sound collage with spoken word. So, like we were saying, this one is a similar approach, but with like This Is Music, you can also vibe out to. Yeah. Man, I hope he makes an album soon because this song isn't the song's is awesome.
1: Yeah, it's definitely time. Um okay, let's listen to it. So it's Blood Orange. Song's called Sandra's Smile. Our
2: eyes for
0: a while. I still see-
1: All right, that was the new blood orange. Next and last, we've got an Aaron pick. Surprisingly, a Little Mix song.
2: <laughs> Surprise! I expect that to come
1: up. Uh, so new song, Little Mix song is called "Grown," and "Grown" as in, I as, just in as, as in as, I
2: as said in it, as in Beyonce says she's a grown woman.
1: Yes, as I said, it was like it sounds more like groaning, but no. Anyways, so yeah, that
2: may be your reaction to the song. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: going to hold off until you say your bit.
2: Um. Grown is another song off Little Mix's upcoming album, Get Weird. And I really, really liked this one because I feel like Little Mix songs, um, like girl group songs in general, can be divided into two songs. You've got your like anthems that have an acapella bend and have all the different girls like singing different parts, and that's really powerful and emotional. And then you have all the dance songs. And Little Mix, I feel like over the last couple albums, has really done a great job of, bo- of every album having some of both, which makes a good girl group, I would argue. Um, this one... I'm always... When I think girl groups, I always think Destiny's Child and Spice Girls. Mostly Destiny's Child. And so this song particularly really reminded me of, like, early era Destiny's Child um, because it's all of them just, you know, like, rocking out, you're ready to dance, and it's talking about how, you know, you're a different person than you are when you were younger. And so some dumb guy that would have impressed you, like, when you were 12 isn't going to isn't gonna cut it anymore because now you're, like, a whole new person and you're better than you were before. So it's got a really, like, fun out with your girlfriends, fun, um, you know, cool vibe, inspirational lyrics. And I'm not necessarily someone like, – I'm not going to say, like, a Little Mix lyrics are so deep or anything like that. But this one uh, we were talking earlier about with the Bieber song, it not getting stuck in your head. And this one for me, like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, this is going to be stuck in my head, like, right away. And it was right after hearing it one time. So I really liked that. And it's one of my favorite ones off Get Weird so far.
1: Yeah, I was, (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I really liked this, and I think this is maybe my favorite little mix song so far.
2: Oh my gosh, we're turning Joe into a mixer.
1: Uh, I mean, I liked Black Magic a lot, but it still was kind of like a silly pop song, not in a bad way, but this is like a very strong, like the title kind of suggests, like a more grown-up thing going on. Uh, It reminds me of Bang Bang. Oh,
3: that's what I was going to say. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, I saw your thunder, man. Um, but yeah, and there's also, like, a bass line that sounds a bit like Pharrell's Drop It Like It's Hot, which is always a good sound. There's some sweet kind of retro horns in there. It's just, like, a really, comparatively for them, like, grown-up production, I don't want to say busy, but there's a lot of interesting things going on, and, uh...
2: The retro influences, not to interrupt you, the retro influences have been on a lot of their songs that they've been doing for this new album, so I'm very curious to hear how that whole thing comes together.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's good. I really dig this. It's like almost making me think I'm going to listen to the full album start to finish.
2: Um, You are because I'm going to send them to you track by track as a secret thing that happens. <laughs>
1: well, well, I won't open them then.
2: Okay. Wow.
3: Yeah, I like the song. I, I saw them at Billboard's Music Festival and I had a blast. I honestly didn't really know much of their music before that. They played a really short set, it was maybe like 30, 35 minutes. It was so hot out. And, you know, like they danced a lot in their in their routine yeah i had a great time it, it felt like it was over in like 15 minutes because i was just like so into these songs and the crowd was into it so much yeah i think i would enjoy this song more in that kind of a setting where there's just like so much else to like get with to like feel part of the crowd to like feel how much people are into this it, it's i enjoy the song what got me a little bit was I was going to play off what I was saying, how it's very similar to the production of Bang Bang. The production for me was like just a little too kind of like it's, I don't want to say polished, but just kind of like flat and just, I don't know, like kind of mechanical. Just like, would very- you say
1: you didn't like the mix? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, sorry.
2: So, what you're saying in a non punny way is that if you feel like a live performance with a little bit more flaw, and natural,
3: yeah, um, the, rhythm yeah, because it. like it's, I don't want to say it was like like too produced because I think for like a, a you know a, a big girl group song like this, the production should be big. That's how it's gonna sound the best. It was just like like the intricacies of the production. I'm feeling very granular here, but just kind of the way the beats were kind of they just sort of felt kind of flat and kind of just like kinda of lifeless. But the song itself was very catchy. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: So we've got we have mixed feelings on this. But Mixed feelings on a Little Mix. <laughs> <laughs> um, alright, well let's listen to a little bit of it. So it's Little Mix Grown.
0: No, regrets, it's a
1: All right, that's the latest little mix from Get Weird. Uh, that's all we got this week. So thank you, Aaron and Chris, for swinging through. You can say something, or, or don't. Never again. say no.
2: swinging no. through again.
1: Ugh, sorry. Um, Not
3: Tarzan over here, Joe.
1: <laughs> that's a great soundtrack, though, right there, though. The Phil Collins Phil Tarzan Pe- soundtrack. Peak Phil, peak Phil, So many really so hard string-tugging tracks on that. <laughs> Uh, I watched a little bit of it on TV the other day. It's a it's a fair movie, too. It stands up way more than George of the Jungle, which I also caught on TV. <laughs> and I was like, right. wow, this is so dumb. It's unbelievably terrible. Anyways. What
2: wilderness movies do you like, Colin? <laughs> so
1: yeah, tweet us which jungle-related movies you guys are into. Uh, what about Jungle Books? What?
2: I was never into the Jungle Book. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess. Besides jungle movies, jungle
0: books. Oh, you mean the yeah, no, books bye, about jungles?
1: No, bye, Wrap it up. Wrap the it up. Book. The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Yeah, favorite. Anyways. We're, oh. We're. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. This is yeah going nowhere good. So let's <laughs> let's just end it here. But seriously, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any recommendations, please tweet them in at us, and uh, we'll catch you next week.
0: Bye. <laughs>